Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hello, I'm Taylor Payne. This is Pod on the Time, coming to you live from one of Newcastle's finest Italian restaurants. Coming up on the show this week, we'll be... What's your happy the need? Sorry, do you mind? We're trying to have a conversation here. Why, hi, man. I'm clammy and for me bed. All right, mate, all right. We're all hungry. They've had to order in extra pork for our mate. There's Drakis and Bobby Dazzler. Yes, it's very nice, but can you leave us alone, please? We're actually trying to record a podcast. Let's fell again proper Raji. Well, yes, I am, and it shouldn't be a surprise to you. I'm Ghanaian. Well, that's a relief. Terrible behaviour. So sorry about that, George. And the Oscar for worst acting in in a in a awful advert and 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 the fourth best Newcastle United podcast goes to. I'm, this is I'm, I'm, I don't know. Does it go to Sandro Tonali? For his awful Geordie accent, does it go Wait, to I, Taylor? I'm, I'm proper clemming for me bit. <laughs> uh, does it go to Taylor? I don't know, Chris. What do you what do you reckon? I, that was appalling on every possible level. I think just because Sandro Tonali oozes cool, then I think he gets it ahead of ahead of Taylor. Just just pips him to it. What do I use, Chris? Gravy, presumably. <laughs> Precisely. <sighs> oh, I, was chan- I was channeling me in a De Niro there as well. It just didn't work, did it? Anyway, not yeah, boring. it was. It's it stayed very inner. I be, uh, yeah, didn't you need to get it more outer? For those who hadn't seen that as well, that was Sandro Tonali, who uh, on an official club video. I think it was official anyway. Was speaking it was to Nike, wasn't it? It was a night advert. Yeah, uh, was yeah. Met David Ginola, or was speaking to David Ginola, and they got him to do his various different uh, Newcastle United, well Newcastle based impressions. But uh, I think it'll take a little bit of time before he's fully embraced as a, as a Geordie in terms of lingo. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, we have to, as usual, have to give credit to our brilliant producer Ollie. It's just that his his brilliant ideas about how to inject uh, difference and quirkiness into our podcast are continually let down by the absolute incompetence of the people he has to work with. Wow, Taylor, that's yeah, that was amazing. Well, I tell you what, I would have liked to have heard you have a go at that, George. To be honest. <sighs> He's gone proper Reggie, man. Uh, Anyway, loads to discuss today, but I suppose we'll have to start with a bit more reaction to last Thursday's breaking news. Uh, Liveramento landed late, a little bit too late for us, as always, Uh, but apparently the medical has been passed. The announcement is imminent, probably just after this podcast ends, Chris. Good news, though, for Newcastle United. Uh, Very good news, because... uh... 
right back, as I said on the, the previous show before, I, I, I didn't come back for, for the little re-record that you guys do, but I'd already said right back is a very important Bad position. Time, and Exactly, exactly. Couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> was, is a very important position for, for Eddie Howe. Fullbacks are vital to what they're doing. Obviously, Kieran Trippier is particularly important. And to have that additional cover there, to have competition, to also add pace to a defence, which really, if you look at Newcastle's defence, I think that's the one thing you might say they do lack pace. And so if they come up against an opponent who they think they maybe need someone who can cover in a bit more like that, then you've got Tino Livermento who can who can do that. I think it's an interesting deal. I think if it had been the first deal Newcastle had done this summer, there may have been eyebrows raised, primarily for the reasons George mentioned on the last podcast about it probably isn't a priority position. Also, the fact that he's been out for the last 12 months or so with a very serious injury and how does he recover from that. But within football, he is extremely, extremely highly rated. They seem with a huge future is uh, one season that he had in the first team for Southampton. He was excellent and hopefully he builds on that and keeps progressing. And George is here as well. Hello, George. Are you all right? Uh... <sighs> no, I'm si- no, I'm not. What's the matter? Come on, talk to us. I'm absolutely sick of pre-season football. I'm I, sick of it. Can I just interject here, Taylor? I was no. Uh, I was up. I was up in Northumberland on on Saturday, and I was driving back, and um, and my car pops up. With, with my my phone's connected to, it and it pops up and says George Culkin's message you. And I, Alice was sat in the back with James, who was asleep, and I said. I bet you this will be abuse. But it was another sort of 40, 45 minutes before I got home and then I checked and I got it. This was the message. It said, why aren't you doing these fucking games? It's an absolute outrage that I'm here. <laughs> Live from St. James's Park. That was George's... Uh, stuff. <laughs> Look, my, so, so, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll do a bit of perspective. My job is a privilege. I'm very lucky to write about football for a living and talk about it on the podcast. But... I'm a man of a certain age and a man of a certain experience. My, this is Chris's job. This is Chris's job to do day-to-day Newcastle, to do friend, hate friendlies. I You're more big picture, aren't you, George? You're hate. more big picture. I'll tell you what I am, Taylor. I am a magnificent eagle soaring from the hills. I come down. If you want to cry, I'll fucking make you cry, right? I'll do that. If you want to laugh, I'll have a go at making you laugh. I'll try and do that. If you want misery, oh, I am your man, or eagle, stroke eagle. If you want misery, misery is my mantra. That's 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 where I'm most comfortable. Your version of, but I'll try and give you. I'll give you. I'll give you the soaring, sweeping emotion. I am not Mm. interested in who gets twenty minutes. I don't care about hamstrings. I don't care about how things are looking before the big kickoff. I do the big emotion. That's what I do. Mm. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Chris, this is not paternity leave. This is an absolute piss take. That's what it is. Three months in, this is an absolute piss take. You're born. You shake hands with the midwife. You smoke a cigarette. And you get on with your work. I'm sick of it. Absolutely sick of it. I enjoyed that a lot. Oh, that was magnificent. Thanks for that, George. That's all I've got. That's all I've got this week. (laughs) That's all I've got this week. Wonderful. Uh, I must. I don't know where to go with that now. I must. Uh, I must give another plug to uh, Jacob's fantastic work with Tom Harris showcasing uh, Tino Livermento's talent and potential. Uh, George, you you were talking the, last week about this, saying that the deal was ever so slightly confusing. Does the transfer make a little bit more sense after reading some of that? Well, you're supposing that I've read that. I am, yes. And I presume you haven't. 
No, I mean, it, it, there's, there's a lot of... Yeah, it's a really good piece. It's kind of very interesting. There's a lot of stuff within it about what his what his strengths are. I mean, I I my I think my uh, concern, not concern, that's not the right word. My thoughts about it are: if you have a limited budget this summer, which you know, which is what we've we've been told repeatedly, Newcastle have, then if you have a big chunk of money, spending it on a position where you have arguably the best. You know, right back in the division. Well, he was the right. Trippier was the best right back in the division um, last season. Doesn't make a lot of logical sense to me. I know how talented he is, and I know about Liveramento's reputation in the game. But it would make more sense to me to to use that money to buy some somebody, you know, who will be coming straight into the team. Newcastle need a bigger, better squad. Liveramento, you know, is a huge upgrade in terms of the squad. He is a he is a really classy uh player but there's not sort of an opening um at right back certainly certainly for the time being so i mean i'll be really fascinated to hear what eddie howe says about it when, when it's um when it's officially announced because i just can't you know in spite of what you know i know that uh, jacob's you know jacob's piece shows what Liveramento could bring to the team. It's just that I can't see him getting in ahead of uh, yeah. Trippier on a regular basis anytime soon. I enjoyed uh, how again over the weekend. I know he will have been focused on the two matches, but basically pretending he had no idea at what stage the deal was at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Tino Liveramento was yeah. just behind him waving in the. Exactly, in the exactly. Yeah. Sat in the stands. Yeah. yeah. Hello, hello, Eddie. It's me. <laughs> Don't know who that is. <laughs> Uh, of course, Chris, as well, everyone listening will be eager to know if there's any more players arriving. Any hints from the club about uh, any deals they're hoping to complete before deadline day? Well, George was at uh, Howe's press conference on Friday when he said... Yes, that- yes, I was, Chris. <laughs> yes, Chris, I was. Yeah, unlike you, right? Yeah, press conference. Exactly, yeah, just, matches, to, just yeah. to underline yeah. that point, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, and he said then he would like two more, two further players. He didn't clarify whether that included... Uh, Tino Livramento, but that, that suggests there's at least one more they would like. And now I know for mm. a fact they are still in the market for a right-sided centre-back. Uh, I think yeah. they've been frustrated up to this point and thought that the market isn't great in terms of prices and whether they could afford the sort of quality and type of player that they want. I suppose yeah. Fabian Cher, although his injury isn't serious at the minute, him not featuring over the weekend and him being out for the last week or two, sort of underscores that further and, and maybe shows that but they are still actively working it may be that they have to explore the loan market more with loans with options or even obligations to buy given FFP constraints but certainly I don't think Newcastle's business is going to end with Tino Livermore or at least Eddie Howe certainly doesn't want it to Fair play. Right then, chaps, we're going to move on in just a minute. But just a quick announcement before we do. Uh, Our live show that we've been plugging for the last week or so, uh, I've had a a little note today to say it's completely sold out. Completely sold out at the Gosforth Civic Theatre on the 12th of October. So thank you to everybody who's bought tickets so far. Thank you to the Gosforth Civic Theatre and all the wonderful people over there as well. A sold out show, George. That's particularly terrifying, isn't it? It's it's absolutely astonishing. What is wrong with people? (laughs) I have no idea. What are they expecting from us? And whatever that is, we're going to have to now do it, which is like really, yeah, terrifying. And um, yeah, no, really exciting. Can't wait. Uh, can't wait for that night. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Chris, you're going to get a fresh haircut for that one? Uh, just get the lawnmower out, yeah. Get the lawnmower yeah. out ready. And, nice. uh, just yeah. do it with a knife and fork like you normally do. I'm hoping George is going to get the drinks in early for his after party. So seeing as now confirmed that he has to 
Is that George Agrandi behind the bar, Colton? Exactly, yeah. We've yeah. been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, should be a great night. So thanks again to everybody who bought tickets uh, for our live show at the Gosford Civic Theatre. All right, we'll be back in just a minute for some chat about the Scott Sellers Cup. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. So with Premier League action less than a week away, St. James's Park was the venue for the inaugural Scott Sellers Cup. Uh, as we well know by now, George Colgan was in attendance for us as Newcastle United lifted the trophy after wins over Fiorentina and Villarreal. Historic pentuple is still on the cards, Chris Wolf. I'm going to be miserable here now and, and c- come into this sort of... I, I I am quite... I'm already bored of hearing about Newcastle have lifted it all. And I know I know it was sort of funny so and fun to be given. Squash my but dreams, Chris. It, 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 it's, it's sort of... I think what I find most grating is these sorts of questions where the players are asked it. And I understand why sort of on club media and things to do. But even beyond that, say, oh, d- does lifting that trophy give you more of a, more feeling that you want to do it, you know, with a proper trophy? It's like, what, what, what? Lifting a trophy which didn't exist three weeks ago, which isn't really a trophy in a competition which didn't mean anything. Thing, suddenly make you think actually yeah I bloody would like to win a trophy it wasn't that I played football since I was three years old and I wanted to win it yeah. so I, I sorry that was me being very very miserable but um, but yeah, yeah it was a it was a good run out and great Newcastle won it but yeah <laughs> The the there's a couple of things. So I so you, you've you've done a very good job at um, at crushing me there, Chris. Just just for a little change because of course I I put on Twitter when they you know they they lifted the trophy and they took the piss as they did it, particularly Jacob Murphy, as he does. And I said, the long wait is over. Yes, I'm joking. And then, um, of course, it was pointed out that Newcastle lifted the Al Diraya Cup last season in Saudi Arabia, of course, with great, great fanfare. And then Darren Eels was pictured on Twitter, the CEO. It was actually very funny, lying down, pretending to be asleep um, alongside both trophies, which he'd done when Atlanta won the MLS Cup in America, of course. So, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a bit of it's a bit of fun. Um, How was asked about this after the game, and you know, he smiled sheepishly and laughed and said, "Look, we want to win every game we play, but this is not the trophy that we that we want to win." And he did then go on to talk about you know those dreams that they have. Uh, that he's had as a manager um, ever since he started, wanting to win things, wanting to win trophies, and that he wants players to have that, you know, have those dreams as well. Certainly doesn't hurt winning matches, and Newcastle will get to the end of pre-season unbeaten, which is um, which is not bad. So, um, yeah, bit of a piss take, but hopefully we get to see the real thing in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, it meant really about as much as when you beat your dad at Sabutio when you were a kid and your mum made you a trophy out of a fairy liquid bottle. It was about it was about that sort of level, wasn't it, Chris? Um, two different 11s, both with uh, players you'd expect to start versus uh, Aston Villa at the weekend, but just shows the depth that we have in the squad now, doesn't it? Certainly in attack, you can see that Newcastle have significant depth, certainly compared to... to, to even 12 months ago the business they've done over the last 
three windows, the players they've added, even with Alan Saint-Maximin going out, you now feel that there is more flexibility in what they can... You've lost something in, in, in the sort of ingenuity of Alan Saint-Maximin, but you've gained in the goal-scoring prowess of obviously Harvey Barnes scores twice. Um, Anthony Gordon now is able, as we discussed last week, to play across a few positions. Alexander Isak can play across a few positions. Miguel Almiron is playing on the right and has done very well over the last year or so, but has played in several other positions for Newcastle. So... And then in midfield, there's so much competition. I suppose defence, certainly central defence, is where you'd maybe look at it or even left back and say Newcastle could maybe do with a bit more depth there. But going into next weekend, and I think we're going to discuss this more on Thursday's show when we're all going to sort of present our own 11s for Saturday. It'll be interesting to see how close to one another they are because there could be several different combinations you could have in both midfield and, and, and in attack. And I think you could make very good cases for all of them. Absolutely. Uh, Harvey Barnes, George, Chris mentioned him just there, made his bow at St James's Park uh, and scored twice in that Villarreal game. He's got a goal scorer's instinct, hasn't he? Two calm and collected finishes from him. Yes, very good. I mean, one of the things that I've sort of been asking about, thinking about over the course of the summer is that idea of settling into this Newcastle team and um, how sort of difficult that can be under, under Eddie Howe. You know, will Tonali, for example, go straight into the team? Um, yeah. You know, Anthony Gordon, since his his arrival in January, when he sort of struggled to kind of work out what he was supposed to be doing. The the other side to that is Harvey is is Harvey Barnes. I mean, if you'd asked me on Saturday evening who I thought would be starting on that left hand side against Aston Villa, I'd have said Anthony Gordon because I think he's had an excellent preseason, albeit without uh, taking all of his chances. Then Barnes comes and plays against Villarreal and looks like he's been in that position for a long time, scoring twice, bringing that direct direct running, cutting in, um, look really good. So as Chris said, you know, you also then look at sort of some of those other positions on the pitch as well. There really is a lot of competition in that midfield, left midfield, left forward position. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Barnes looks like he's been been at Newcastle for an age already. He does, absolutely. Um, another player who's not been here very long, Chris, Sandro Tonali, quite assured in possession, doing some quiet good work there at the base of the midfield. He's only going to get better, isn't he? He is. I mean, you've got to understand that he's coming into a completely different league as well, and he's he's playing a different role to that which he has played uh, at, at AC Milan in recent years. He's a very, very high-class footballer, technically very proficient. It'll be fascinating to see over the course of the season, how many set pieces he's, he's able to take when he's on this pitch at the same time as Kieran Trippier. But having that variety, yeah. certainly from, from corners, I think will be beneficial to Newcastle because he's an he's got an excellent he's got excellent delivery and obviously Kieran Trippier takes just about them all. But to, to be able to have someone to change that up, um, I think to, to adjust to the pace and physicality of the Premier League, it will take there will be a bit of an adjustment period. And whether that means that Eddie Howe only gradually integrate him at the side as he did with Bruno Gimaraes and was initially and, and with Alexander Isak to begin with time will tell I suspect that's probably going to be the case but you can also see exactly why Newcastle like him and why he's going to fit so well into this side having seen him play a couple of times in the United States I thought there was a step up this last weekend what I really like about him is that he's always moving it's not you know it's not sort of sprints 
but he's always looking for space. He's always doing that little movement of space. He'll step back and find some space. He'll move forward and find some space, make himself available. And what I've noticed so far is that it's there's a real simplicity to the game, or he makes it what he's doing look so simple. Yeah. He looks like he has a lot of time on the ball. He's always looking for a simple pass, keeps things moving. And yet the question is, does he come straight into the team? Now, on the face of it, Newcastle have spent a lot of money on him. He's there to kind of play alongside. Bruno takes some of the pressure off. When one goes forward, one will hang back. I think that's the idea in time. But getting to grips with the way how plays is not easy. Now we were going to play this bit of audio a tiny bit later, but I think it I think it makes sense to do that now. I love this sort of idea that it takes a while to kind of get get to grips with what Eddie how once from his players and I mentioned before Anthony Gordon taking time to sort of understand that but now really looks like he knows what he's supposed to do so I asked Eddie about that after the match and if he kind of if he could elaborate on why it might be tough to to get straight into his team yeah I mean it's something that I've had to think and consider over many years really because when you recruit players you, you hope to have, they can have an instant impact as in the day they walk through the door and I'd say in my experience there's been very few players even though they've been unbelievable unbelievably talented and maybe a higher level than the player we've already had sometimes it takes some time to show that I think it's because we work in quite a complex way it's not a, a simple system just to pick up and we try and make the team have a rhythm and build the relationships of the players in the team so then when you come in you might be an outstanding player but you've got to understand how the the team works sometimes that does take difficult to say exactly how long but sometimes three months sometimes six and sometimes the odd player will get it straight away and that's a that's a great thing from my perspective when that happens interesting stuff um chris miguel almiron still scoring goals mate still making you look at twat uh, he very much is and it's now <laughs> if he carries us on into the season then it, it has become a trend and he very much has transformed what was the first part of his Newcastle career was characterised by so much effort, endeavour and the lack of end product well that yeah. has changed over the course of the, of the last year and hopefully this is a sign of things to come because he went into last yeah, with a, with a wonderful pre-season under his belt. He hasn't scored quite as many goals, but the ones he has scored, he's taken very, very well. He probably hasn't played as much as, I think, as he did last year because there are a greater number of options. But back at St. James's Park, scoring as, as, he, as he did across in Atlanta and I think he just he just looks hungry again and he won what I was impressed by as well is that that sort of ability to hound and harry and win possession high mm. which is what we know he can do and what Eddie Howe wants from him yeah. and he looks extremely extremely sharp he looks full of confidence he looks like Anthony Gordon stepping up and Harvey Barnes coming in has maybe injected a little bit more yeah. further in him he's, he's embraced that competition and that's elevated his level which is exactly what you want so great to see from him yeah Absolutely. George, we have to talk about Elliot Anderson. Uh, again, the star. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into the starting 11s against Villa later on in the week, but he, he, is he going to start the season in the side? He's made such a good case, hasn't he? He has. He's given everything that he could. I, I agree. I think I think him, Gordon, um, Lewis, Lewis Miley as well, I think they've been the sort of standout players in pre-season um, with a bit of Harvey Barnes after what he did yesterday mm-hmm. as well, making a late run. I think I think Anderson has been superb. I'm really I'm really pleased and really excited. You know, we've 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 seen that he's got the talent. He's got that amazing ability to get past people with the ball at his feet. He's got a big 
Um, he's got a strong upper body, so he can use that muscularity to to kind of get round people. There are echoes of Paul Gascoigne in that in that sort of figure, and he's brought an effectiveness to his game, an end product there as well. He looks ready. Um, that's really exciting. Um, but uh, again, this is something that Hal was asked about um, after the Saturday Saturday game, and he's pointed out, yeah, he's come back in great form. He knows it's got to be a, a big season for him. It's time for him to yeah. make an impression on the stage, but he's got some really stiff competition for places to get into the team. I, but I agree. I think that's one of the one of the big dilemmas. Uh, for this weekend, because I think if you're just going on the form of preseason, then Elliot Anderson deserves to start. But there are there are other things to take into account, like experience, like you know the players that how knows can do a job and trusts and have been brilliant for him. Nobody deserves to be left out. You're not looking at any of the, any of Newcastle's midfielders. You know, can't can't forget Sean Longstaff, who's not been around for a couple of weeks, came back off the team um, on Sunday. Nobody deserves to be left out. So who starts is a is a tough one. I think another point on that is it's also about balance of the side. How would, I think selections elsewhere also yeah. may affect mm. someone like Elliot Anderson or others. You see Joe Linton's performance on Sunday, and you you realise how important he is to, to everything you have to do. He, how can you leave out Joe Linton? Can't. Yeah. Exactly. Can't. Yeah. yeah. So he has to be somewhere in the team, whether that's across the front three. We've already talked about the competition there. So you'd think maybe you need his physicality and ability to get around the pitch in midfield. That means another person misses out. These are wonderful problems, if you want to call them problems, to have for Eddie Howe. But it also means that 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 it maybe form alone won't necessarily get players in the team. It's also about the makeup of of the side and how it sort of blends together. Yeah. So a couple of quick points. Firstly. Eddie said that he hadn't made his decision yet, that that would be something that he would be doing in the first couple of days of this of this week. It did strike me and others that that front three that he played on Saturday, which was Almiron on the right, Isak in the middle, and Gordon on the left. He also played that against Chelsea in the States. Mm-hmm. So was that yeah. a clue as to what... I mean, it feels to me like it might be, um, as to what might happen against Villa. Yeah. But again, he, he laughed at that idea and said, no, not at all. That was just the three that he was picking for that for that match. No decisions made. But the other point he made, and I do think this is really important, is that the key to success in some ways for Newcastle this season will be the response of the people who aren't in the team. Now, last season, one of the great stories about this team and the and the squad was how everybody was in it together. And it didn't mind if you it didn't matter if you were Kieran Trippier, who was playing every week and the on field captain or if you were Jamal Lascelles, who was the club captain, not playing every week, but absolutely part of things, integral to what was going on. He's going to have to make a lot of people unhappy this season, or you know, more people unhappy, yeah. people who will think they should be starting. Now, Newcastle didn't really have that last season. And the response of those players will be, will be really vital. If they can have something that equates to what they had all the way through uh, last season, then Newcastle will have a will have another really good season. They will. They've got to kind of protect that dynamic that they've had around over the last 18 months or so. And Chris, uh, it was a fairly a couple of fairly combative fixtures, wasn't it? Joe Linton got himself booked after 15 minutes uh, at the start of the game, which is about right, isn't it? That's about right for Joe Linton. Uh, have, have we got any injury concerns going into the weekend? I mentioned it earlier, Fabian Scher, who Howe said... Uh, that he hopes w- will be available, but his lack of football, at least over the last mm. couple of weeks, is, is yeah. a bit of is a bit of a concern. 
Joe Willick. I mean, we haven't even mentioned him yet. He hasn't featured in pre-season yet, given the hamstring injury he had towards the end of last season. He's not going to be ready for the for the very start of the season, certainly not fully up to speed. So once he's back, that'll, that'll be a big boost. Um, so they're, they're the main ones, really. Emil Kraft's not quite ready to, to, to get involved as well, but they're the sort of positions you look at and you think yeah. um, that, that at some point Newcastle will, will, will be boosted by their return. But really... One thing Howe said on his NUFC TV interview that, that, that I watched was that he's pleased because really other than Cher, they haven't had big issues so far in pre-season and that's one of the first things you try and get through. You want the players fit and available for the start of the season and beyond that, they, they have strength and depth. They have a basically almost fully fit squad, which given Nick Pope was, was to come back, but he's obviously fit now, that's, that's a really, really big boost ahead of Saturday. Absolutely. So, George, considering everything we've just discussed, and of course it doesn't matter, uh, but that's an impressive set of pre-season displays and results, isn't it? Newcastle United unbeaten in pre-season. How close are we to being ready? Yeah, I mean, again, Howe said after the Villarreal match yesterday that the acid test comes comes in you know, a few days' time against at home to Aston Villa. And, you know, we'll have to see. He certainly didn't think Newcastle were where they needed to be after the first pre-season match against Gateshead. And, you know, he expressed a bit of frustration there in terms of the transfer window and all the rest of it. But, you know, they got through those games in the States. I think they were a good test. As we said last week, that trip didn't have the intimacy that he would have liked, perhaps didn't have that focus time on the training pitch. But what it did have was three very, very competitive matches against Premier League teams. And the hope is that you know, that that will allow them to get a fast start in the Premier League. I don't think the games this weekend were as as competitive, but still a decent level of opponent. And when you talk about that fast start, it feels to me that that's important because, of course, after Villa, it's Man City away, then it's Liverpool at home, then it's Brighton away, Brentford, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough start and they want to hit the ground running. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think there's any complaints. They're not perhaps as fluid as you might like. They're still getting to grips with, you know, Tonali in particular, I would say. But, yeah, nothing, no reasons to be pessimistic. Absolutely. One last thing before we uh, move on. Uh, it's lovely to see uh, the uh, St. James's Park adorned with war flags yet again uh, as home fixtures start. Uh, the lads and lasses at War Flags do an incredible job. They work incredibly hard to put flags in our hands for those games and to build that atmosphere at St. James's Park. Please, whatever you do when you go to St. James's Park, do not take the flags home with you they are not a gift it is not a souvenir uh, wave it around have a great time create the atmosphere but leave the flags where they are at the end of the game uh, and we can reuse them for future matches war flags have continually said this on their social media accounts and it is becoming a bit of an issue for them that people are taking the flags home so please if you do go to st james's park enjoy it as much as possible but please do not nick the flags that is a public announcement on behalf of War Flags. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. Uh, right, chaps, just a quick chance to talk about the Newcastle United women's team, uh, fresh from a 3-0 win over West Brom at the weekend. Uh, Chris, it's a, a good start for the lasses, isn't it? The West Brom finished lower mid-table in the Northern Premier Division last year, so a good benchmark for the coming season. 
It is a good benchmark, and they've had a very, very solid pre-season as well. They've signed a lot of players, obviously gone full-time, full-time professional, as we explained previously. And really, they've got huge ambitions. Amanda Staveley has spoken about by the middle of this, or within the next three or four years, they'd like to be completing the Women's Champions League, never mind getting to the top division of English football in the Women's League. So... Becky Langley said that this season they are targeting promotion. That is what they're hoping to do. Even though it's the first year in this division, it'll be it'll be challenging. Yeah. But they certainly have the resources behind them, the belief and the quality. And so to have finished off, uh, to have had their strong preseason as well, I think is is a, is a huge boost for them. George, you're a season ticket holder for the women's team, aren't you? Have you uh, continued with that this year? Yeah, yeah, very, very pleased and proud to have uh, to have done that. Had a season ticket uh, last season. Of course, there were times when they clashed with their men's team, and I had to report on them. But um, I love going to Kingston Park as well as their matches at St James's. Brilliant to see them back at St James's over the weekend as well. I didn't see all of that match because I had to write about the about the men, so I had to do the two men's games. So. But I'm really excited to see them. I'd recommend anybody buys a season ticket. I think it's uh, um, there's always a great atmosphere at Kingston Park, and they're a really good they're a really good team. And yeah. I, I did chat to somebody who's part of the kind of women's setup, and you know that the way they're approaching this season at the minute is like we're we're going to try and win every game. We're going to win every game. That's their that's their ambition as things stand. Obviously, that's sort of easier said than done in August, and I'm sure it'll be very challenging. It's another brutal season with only one team going up yep. but yeah it's just a really exciting time for the women's team and I can't wait to be around that and we'll we'll try and get some plenty of interviews for you over the course of the season absolutely Sunderland next up for them on Wednesday Chris should be a frosty one that's going to be an interesting relationship isn't it between those two clubs it will certainly be given that Newcastle are trying to women's football in the northeast has been dominated by Sunderland for years they've got a, they've got a very proud history they've been very successful produced a lot of players for the national team as well and, and Newcastle yeah. wanted to, to try and emulate and, and surpass them so that will be a very uh, very interesting rivalry to follow going forward Absolutely and as George said the season starts on the 20th of August if you get the chance go and see the lasses it's a great uh, afternoon out uh, they look in good shape and they're making all the right noises uh, Right then that's just about it chaps uh, join us again on Thursday and we'll have all the news from the lasses against Sunderland we'll also be thinking about that Amazon documentary and we'll be doing some predictions ahead of the first match of the Premier League season. Uh, get yourselves over to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod to sign up for The Athletic and pay just £1.99 a month for your 12 months. That's it, boys. Thanks very much, Chris. That was lovely, that. Yes, I enjoyed that. Uh, fresh this morning from uh, we've rescued a baby hedgehog from in our garden, so that was my... Uh, that that was me rushing around this morning trying to sort that out. So yeah, that's so, that's that's your work for this month, is it? That's my work you've done, Chris. Put your feet up now. Have a cup get, of tea. Get a bonus yeah. for that. I hope so. <sighs> I sort of talked myself. I talked myself into a good mood, and then that's really that's just annoyed me. <laughs> Pot on the Tines, very own Bill Oddie there, just like rummaging around in the. Well, he certainly he certainly is an Oddie. Absolutely, uh, George. Thank you very much. Is your rage simmered now or? Yeah, I've I've calmed down a bit. I've yeah, I've sort of the 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 fire has burnt out slightly. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Maybe a chamomile tea and a nice bath that'll sort you out. A nice bath or a nice bath? A nice bath. 
No. Not an okay, yes, yeah, so a nice a nice bath. Yeah. Yeah, I might do that. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Right, thanks a lot, chaps, and thank you to everyone out there for listening. And thank you yet again to everyone who's bought tickets for the live show, which is now sold out on the twelfth of October. Incredible. Incredible stuff. You mad bastards. Thank you for that. Only about half of them are my family as well. That's right. Yeah, Woff's coming from all <laughs> angles, all corners of the United Kingdom. There's just a, a sharabang of Woff's arriving. Terrifying. <laughs> the stench of meat in that auditorium is going to be unbelievable, isn't it? Lovely. What an image. <laughs> oh, we look forward to that. Thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you again on Thursday. From everyone, a pod on the time. Take care. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Away the last. Ta very much, Pet. The Athletic. <laughs>